Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, the Thanksgiving edition, my favorite slate of the year, brought to you by FanshareSports.com. Head on over to FanshareSports.com right now and check out the pulse of the industry. See who's going over-owned, who's going overlooked to help you set your tournament rosters. What a great day, what a great slate. You know, five days off from the old uh, the old school children and football on all day long tomorrow stuffing our face with delicious foods covered in the liquid fat of a bird just one of my favorite days of the year um you know not too much hullabaloo about it just food and football the best um real quick Some of the best foods you can have on Thanksgiving include mashed rutabaga, uh, very seldomly made, seldomly sought after vegetable that is absolutely delicious. Try those. Uh, You know, this is kind of, um, you know, out of left field because I really love like whole foods. But every, uh, you know, once every year we bust out the can of jellied cranberries, slice it up. I usually like to take the slice that's on the bottom of the can so I can, uh, you know, eat the cereal numbers that are still imprinted on the, the jellied cranberry. That's absolutely delicious. I mean, I love, I love regular cranberry sauce, you know, homemade, but always have to get a slice of the jelly in there too. And then all the other stuff is absolutely delicious as well. Uh, A few things that I'm not a big fan of though, green bean casserole. Whose idea was it to, you know, dump green beans in a dish cover it with the sodium-laden Campbell soup and then sodium-laden fake onion straws. I mean, absolutely disgusting. If you make some type of green bean casserole that is made with, you know, all natural ingredients, you somehow cook up your own broth and and put some fresh onion in there or something, maybe that would be a, a favorite of mine, but... I mean, if you're putting, if you're dumping all that processed garbage on top of some green beans and serving it, you just need to reevaluate what Thanksgiving dinner is all about. But let's get into this Thanksgiving slate. Enough about food. We'll we'll deal with that tomorrow. The first game: Bears, Lions. Uh, I'm not sure what happened on on DK with these prices for this game uh, in terms of the defenses. They're two of the cheaper defenses on the slate I think that what they're right in the middle really but I mean just two bad offenses at at this point in in the season and I think they're probably going to be the most highly owned defenses so if you're playing cash I think the Bears at 2500 are are, uh, you know like it's just a stone cold lock because it allows you to get up to some more studs I, I wouldn't even contemplate the Saints uh or the Cowboys or any of those 3K defenses in cash. There's merit to playing pretty much any defense on the site in tournaments. Um, Six-game slate, any of them could break the slate. I don't think the Bills have a really good shot uh, of a high score. Dak doesn't take a ton of sacks. And the Cowboys, I think, may try to establish the run against a Bills team that is somewhat of a run funnel. So there might not be a lot of opportunities for 
uh, for dropbacks and turnovers there. But every other defense really, I think, has a shot. I'm not not too keen on the Falcons. Um, it looked like they had turned a corner, but I think the that uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees will come into the Mercedes-Benz Dome and be ready for uh, the pressure that the Falcons brought a few weeks ago. So I like the Bears and Lions, and I also like uh, the Cowboys and the Saints. But, I mean, obviously the Bears and Lions like lets you do a lot more salary-wise at other positions, so I'll probably have more of them. Weird to start the, the show with defense, uh, but we did. I uh, got that out of the way. At quarterback, um, my favorite play is probably going to be Dak. I think, even though I, I just said that I think that uh, the Cowboys are going to establish the run, quote-unquote, Dak's price is just way too cheap. I mean, I know the Bills are are a decent pass defense, uh, but they really haven't faced many good quarterbacks, especially on the road, on Thanksgiving. I really think that Dak is a good play, uh, and it's basically salary-based. You know, 5700 he's a 1000 less than Breeze, and he really has a pretty high ceiling. On the opposite side of that game, I think Josh Allen has a high ceiling as well. You know, he does a lot with his legs. And anytime that's the case for a quarterback, you can you can always see a, a massive upside game. We saw it with Allen last year. He put up a couple 30 and 40 burgers late in the year um, with, a, with rushing upside. So I like both of those quarterbacks. And then I think, you know, Drew Brees is probably the best play from a raw fantasy points perspective. Jeff Driscoll's banged up. He has a hamstring, so I don't think that's going to bode well for Driscoll. You know, half of his appeal is his rushing upside, his ability to escape the pocket. And if he can't do that, then I think the Lions are in trouble. If David Blau gets the start, have mercy. Uh, He's the quarterback that took down Ohio State two years ago with Rondell Moore um, at Purdue. But, you know, as a pro, he's just going to get eaten for breakfast if he gets a start. Trubisky's always hit or miss. Um, I'm going to lay off him because I really don't see a path where he's in the optimal lineup, to be honest. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll probably only have a chance of taking down cash games. Um, but I I just don't expect Trubisky to get the, the requisite volume and or have the success of a quarterback that has uh, GPP winning upside, especially when Dak is only 5,700 and... All the other quarterbacks on the slate have 30-point upside, aside from Driscoll. So those are the quarterbacks that I'll be uh, looking to target. At running back, um, I think I'm just going to pay all the way up. I, I want to have a lot of Zeke and a lot of Kamara. Um, then there are some dart throws that I like. Bo Scarborough, if we see this game, I mean, he's only 4,700. So the lack of a pass catching doesn't really concern me too much. Um but the fact of the matter is he could eclipse the 100-yard mark in this game. And if he gets into the box and goes over 100, that's 20 points roughly at 4.7K. Uh, if we see a game where he hits some touchdown variance luck and gets into the box twice, then he could definitely be a big payout. Um, but the, the fact that he doesn't catch passes you know, makes him a dart throw at best. 
The running back that I think I'm going to have a lot of is Tariq Cohen, though. He's been playing a ton more snaps. And the fact that he's just catching five, six, seven, eight passes per game over the last month, um, I think bodes well, especially on DraftKings. He is averaging almost four-tenths of a point per snap. So if he gets in, and I mean, him, he and uh, David Montgomery have been playing about 56% of the snaps each. Um, so I think he is, uh, he's destined for uh, a pretty solid game if he sees the passing receiving workload that he has the over the last month. Um, I just think that they realize that Montgomery isn't the, the back that he's been cracked up to be. Uh, and they've been getting Cohen into the game a, a bit more. And I could see, especially with Taylor Gabriel hurt, Cohen splitting out wide a little bit more and just being on the field a little bit more with Gabriel uh, not looking very likely to play. Other running backs that are in consideration, I think Devonta Freeman, if he is healthy and he's cleared to play, may go under-owned, especially in a game where the game script could warrant a bunch of dump downs to him. So those are basically the running backs that I will have uh, a be overweight on. Um, I don't think it's wise to get too crazy at running back. Uh, We know who the top scorers uh, probably will be on the slate, not a volatile position. So my advice to you on this slate is if you're making a bunch of lineups, you know, have a heavy dose of the heavy workload running backs. Uh, Then you can, you know, in maybe in the flex spot uh, or depending on the time of the game, really, take dart throws on on uh, Scarborough or Cohen or even potentially Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. At wide receiver, I think it's pretty clear cut. I, I've tried to make a lineup with Alvin Kamara, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and Michael Thomas, and it's definitely doable. Uh, it makes things thin everywhere else, uh, but it is definitely uh, doable. I would probably prefer... Thomas to Kamara in this spot, um, but I will try to get all three of them in in my cash lineup. Uh, in this spot, I normally uh, on Thanksgiving will play a bit more tournament focused because on a short slate like this, one player could break the entire slate. So having one cash lineup or entrusting you know your bankroll uh, to one cash lineup is very volatile. So I like to have just a player pool. And, you know, basically have outs no matter who the player is that breaks the slate. All right, so more receivers that I'm interested in. I think there's actually a few very uh, playable receivers in the 4K range. Cole Beasley, revenge game, has been getting targeted in the red zone a ton. He's scoring a ton of touchdowns. Josh Allen likes to look for him. Uh, he's shifty, so, you know, he can get open in in tight situations. Um, you know, just one false step by the slot corner and... Beasley could have a window to get the ball into him. So I like Beasley. I think Russell Gage again, especially if um, Julio Jones is out. Jeez, Russell Gage will probably be very highly owned and for good reason. Um, Has seen a ton of targets since the uh, Falcons pass catchers and Austin Hooper uh, have kind of been banged up. So Gage at 4,500 is interesting. Uh, Anthony Miller at 3,900, especially if Taylor Gabriel doesn't play will probably be chalky as well. Uh, And we've seen, I was wrong about him last week. I thought Taylor Gabriel would be the uh, 
the best Bears wide receiver to own point per dollar. I was wrong. I feel like maybe that had something to do with him getting banged up since he's questionable this week. Um, But Miller saw a ton of targets, mostly all on one drive, but still he plays the slot role really well, um, gets those short targets, and he could rack up PPR points in a heartbeat. Um, Some dart throws I think we're going to go to are in that mid-range. Allen Robinson does get a matchup with Darius Slay that is not uh, advantageous, not something that we like to pick on, uh, not someone that we like to pick on Darius Slay, but Robinson can definitely win. I mean, it would only take uh, one long catch. He had one of those callback last week, and Trubisky really does get him the ball when the game is on the line. Um, so I think we could see a ton of targets for Robinson, despite the fact that he's being covered by Slay. And then there's like some ancillary pieces. You know, you have like 5, 10, 20% of some of these guys, like uh, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb from the Cowboys. Um, I think a min price play that I'm somewhat interested in is Isaiah McKenzie. He's gotten a ton of targets over the last couple weeks and I think that he could potentially pay off he also gets a lot of um, you know gadget run plays called for him as well Uh, Lions receivers I'm not extremely interested in just because of the issues that they're having at quarterback especially if David Blau's on the field Um, and you know I mean Kenny Gall it's really tough to, to tell if Kenny Galladay or or, Mar- or or Marvin Jones are going to have a big day. Um, I can't say I'm not, I'm going to have zero of them, but they are not uh, a priority for me in my lineups at all. As far as ancillary pieces on the Saints go, I just I think there are better pay down spots uh, than Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith. I know Traquan Smith scored last week. I know Ted Ginn had a, a nice long catch last week. Um, however, there are players, uh, like Anthony Miller, like Russell Gage, like Cole Beasley that I do prefer. Um, but it's really the art of constructing a lineup. So if you're making one lineup this week or three lineups this week, just play your favorite players. Um, uh, there's maybe have one, one player that you think may be, uh, under owned or two players that you may think are going to be under owned, um, but I would suggest, and this I think is the slate to do it, to try to make um, somewhat of a portfolio of players on this slate. Uh, you know, even if it's like hand building 20 lineups and putting them in the the wishbone or whatever the $3.20 max is called on DraftKings, uh, the fact of the matter is on a short slate like this, one player, two players can break it. And trusting your entire bankroll to one or two lineups or three lineups can kind of ruin the day early. So this way, you know, you have a portfolio of players, at least if let's say, I don't know, Marvin Jones catches three touchdowns in the first game, you at least have him in one or two lineups. So you have an out or two for the rest of the night. Um, If you don't have any Marvin Jones, then you could probably just close the DraftKings app. Uh, and just stuff your face with with turkey and potatoes and forget about it. So I do like to build a portfolio. Normally, I take a stand on the bigger slates, but uh, I do have a little bit more uh, of a dart throw approach, tournament type uh, centric approach on these short slates. 
at tight end, the last position that we will go through, uh, this one's tough. I mean, Jared Cook is far and away the the obvious play, so I think he'll probably come in pretty highly owned. But there are a few other cheap tight ends, punts that, you know, maybe Jared Cook doesn't pan out. Maybe he catches three for 30 and we can match that with one of these cheaper tight ends on the slate. I think Dawson Knox has seen enough targets and enough volume throughout the year to warrant uh, playing him at 2,900. Obviously, Jason Witten, no one wants to play uh, Uncle Jason. The fact of the matter is he's probably the most highly targeted tight end on this slate. Usually it's five yards and fall down, um, but if he does get eight targets and catch six of them for 40 yards or something like that, 10 points out of a 3.3K tight end could be in the optimal build for sure. Um, those are really the only three tight ends that I'm really considering. I don't know what's up with Hawkinson. I don't know what's up with the Bears tight ends. Like I don't. I really just can't see Ben Boniker or whatever his name is being in the top lineup. Um, so that's that. And you know, it, uh, Hooper won't be back. I doubt it. Um, Jaden Graham, maybe you could take a dart throw on him. He's a pretty athletic guy that caught a 50-yard pass last week. I was actually, I was actually a week early on him. I, I took him two weeks ago on a tournament team or two um, when Hooper was first out and he went two for 20. Last week was the week he caught the bomb. Um, Didn't get into the end zone, thank God, because then I would have really been on tilt. Um, So that'll do it for the Thanksgiving Day pod. Just some general tips for this slate. I wouldn't spread myself too thin with my player pool. Um, Have like your two or three favorite plays at each position and, you know, really ratchet up the percentage on those guys and then just dink and dunk with the dart throws around uh, your core. Don't try to cover all your bases, right? So like if you're making 20 lineups, I think it, it behooves you to only pick a few teams to stack around and then throw your dart throws in there. Because I mean, you know, I mean, if you have every quarterback in play in 20 lineups that's only you know you're only you only have about three lineups with each quarterback if you split them evenly and then what ends up happening is you don't have enough outs right so if you have three Dak lineups and Dak is the top quarterback you know you only have three chances to get the optimal lineup lineup correct Whereas, you know, if you pick your three favorite quarterbacks and go, uh, I don't know, like 10, 6, 4 in terms of splitting them up into 20 lineups, you know, if you hit on the fa- if you hit on the, the top quarterback stack in your lineup that has him 10 times, right? So let's just say Dak is the top quarterback on the slate. You need him to be in your in the winning lineup and you have 10 Dak Prescotts, then you have 10 outs, right? You have 10 chances at getting the players right around him. Um, so take a stand. Uh, I hate when I hear, you know, this guy could be a good play, that guy could be a good play. Um, but take a stand on your core and then just sprinkle in some of the lower-owned, high-upside plays around them. Guys, that'll do it for the Thanksgiving pod. Enjoy food, enjoy family, uh, enjoy football. I hope everybody has success on the Thanksgiving Day slate. I will be back probably Friday this week for the week 13 main slate breakdown just because I'm going to uh, enjoy the day tomorrow, enjoy football, enjoy the food. So I will be back on Friday with the main slate breakdown. Good luck in all your contests. See you later.